Hello podcast listeners, you are listening to another episode of The Long Journey Home. I am your host, Corbin Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about 2nd Edition, so yeah. I know players, listeners have been wanting to hear me talk more about TUI, and well, here you go. So, we had our TUI tournament on Sunday. This is not going to be a recap of that uh, as a focus. Instead, I want to turn our attention to what drove a lot of 1st edition players away from 2nd edition, and that was interaction or lack thereof in 2nd edition. Now you have to excuse me, I have a bit of a tickle in my throat, so I may be coughing a bit, sorry. <clears throat> I'm not, <coughs> not going to go back and edit this, so you're going to have to put up with it. <clears throat> so, I took a deck that I ripped off from someone, and I don't know who, sorry, who made, it was the only deck that used the Earth USS Prometheus on, on the deck builder that had, I guess, in recent years. And <clears throat> I decided, well, it's about time I try, you know, a little two-e interaction, little battle, and see what it's like. And it worked. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty tight deck with some shenanigans in it, plus this uh, a very annoying interaction where you hopefully damage the opponent using a dilemma, and the next turn swoop in and destroy their ship. Now, you got to do a lot of things to get this all set up, but if the deck is built right and you're in a good place to do this, well, yeah. Now, I, I wanted... And I had a fun time, and it was certainly different to play 2E in this manner, but I wanted to talk about how players interact in 2nd Edition and then kind of expand on, I guess, how I have interacted with 2E interaction. So... Let's start off with, I I was told that the main way players interact in 2nd edition is through dilemmas. Well, yeah, of course. Without dilemmas, the game would have almost no interaction. And with dilemmas, at least there's some interaction. This is what got 1st edition's players uh, undies and a bundy, if you will. I stopped, I, I did not start 2nd edition simply because uh, my playgroup called it Solitrek. We thought that this is a game that was too much playing against the fishbowl. And that turned us all off of it pretty much, and we called it quits. So, so however, of course, since day one, interaction was done in the form of dilemmas. So you would have your opponent, of course. Uh, everyone who's played Second Edition knows how dilemmas are interactive. But... The interaction can can be more than just I throw you some dilemmas and you either get past them or you don't. What sec where second edition excels versus first edition is in the fact that you can do two two things when you have your dilemma pile that greatly increase your ability to be a good second edition player. And the first one is to skill track. If you can interact with your opponent by remembering what they have in play or remembering that they don't have certain things in play or that they have too much of something or that sort of thing, you can gain an early advantage in considering certain dilemmas to throw against the opponent. They're playing low-cost low guys, throw a doll rock. They're playing 
they they didn't bring the intelligence. Throw that rogue Borg uh, ambush. They have, you know, the list goes on, and you get my point. If you can track what your opponent's doing, a you're going to have more. Uh, you're going to do better when you throw your dilemmas, but b you're going to have that kind of interaction. It's uh, it's interaction in a way that's not, you know, first edition style where my people are with your people, but it's still interaction in the sense that I am a better player for doing this. And the second way that the dilemmas can be interactive is in picking a dilemma pile not only complements your deck, but that uh, has... There, there are dilemmas that give you choice, and your opponent can determine the outcome of certain dilemmas, not just because of who's there or what's there, but what he decides at the time. Some dilemmas let you choose who to stop, as in a, let the player who's encountered it choose who to stop. And sometimes you can mess with your opponent in that way. And of course there's, you know, Kirk and other things that can interact with the dilemmas in other ways, like interrupts and cheaters and other uh, abilities that uh, affect that. And of course there's Shran and McCoy who can toss dilemmas back and and then there's piles that use bold plan and get dilemmas back and suddenly, you know, uh, strip down, you know, there was two under there, now there's only one under there and that sort of thing. So <clears throat> this interaction from the dilemma pile is a lot different than first edition. It's almost 100% different than first edition, but it is the main and primary focus of interaction in second edition. And truth be told, it can be a very fun and interesting thing. If you have an interesting dilemma pile, you can most certainly have just an interesting game, even if my personnel and your personnel never interact. So for those of you who are first edition players who listen to this podcast and don't want to take the plunge, I don't know anyone who plays just first edition anymore. Um, but there may be some of you. Do consider this. And, you know, uh, I, I took the plunge into second edition almost three years now, three years ago now. And yes, I had the prejudices that it was not interactive. But the Dilemma Pile, obviously, is is not only interaction, but it's interesting interaction, too. And it's worth considering that dilemmas and picking dilemmas and that sort of thing is an interesting game in and of itself. So do consider that. Um, Now, of course, second edition can involve some interactive elements that don't directly involve my personnel interacting with your personnel. There are events and interrupts that, and personnel that do interaction without being present. Of course, there's event destruction and interrupt destruction and choices to be made, like on Croden and um, when should I destroy this or should I destroy this or are you really, you know... Uh, the the verbs offer very interesting interaction that is not strictly you and me interacting. And, and this is something worth considering as well. There are decks that require your opponent to have a certain number of personnel out of play, like wariness. And there's Greasy Ducat, where you're going, oh, well, 
Uh, you may need cards in the discard pile. Now I'm going to make sure that you don't. And these are ways of, with just one or two cards, you've suddenly, the game is not, you know, who can solve their missions first. It's, oh gosh, am I, do I want to discard this? You're going to get rid of it? You know, or, or are you going to give me the five points or let me play my next card at cost minus four? Or do I play this event now or do I play it later? in the hopes that you will or won't destroy it. Do I bring Kirk with me? Of course, we talked about that, but uh, <clears throat> the the decisions that have to be made are imperfect. Obviously, there's the game lacks perfect information. This is not chess. So you have to kind of read the player, intuit, did they bring a certain personnel on a mission attempt? Are they going to play a second copy of the USS Enterprise J? Are they playing with well-prepared defenses? Uh, of course, in the dilemmas, of course, there's self-replicating roadblock and the Genesis effect, and you have to consider, well, you know, moral choice. You know, I'm playing Fed, and that's a really angry dilemma. Uh, are you playing with that? Uh, am I going to whiff with my own nothing happened? And, and these sorts of interactions that, of course, are not you and me uh, interacting at a mission, babbling, or, or me... I mean, the other interesting form of interaction in money was mission stealing, but that's kind of gone away. Not to say there isn't some component of that in second edition in a very light manner, but <coughs> there there is interaction yet in second edition, even without you and me battling. So uh, the game at first. I think did lack this and was not very good at it. But the designers have cleverly figured out ways so that the game is not about who gets out their personnel quicker and who attempts their missions first and who solves their third mission uh, first and that sort of thing. So there is luckily a lot of depth and complexity to this game. And whenever I talk about depth and complexity in second edition, this is really what I'm talking about. It's not about the skill matrix. It's not about the cheapest ship with the best attributes. It's not about picking the right five missions. Well, of course it's all about those things, but it's not. I mean, the game's complexity and interestingness is in bring, being prepared for all sorts of decks for the opponent to be playing. And a lot of that is in your dilemma selection. Are they, is, is Damaged Archer going to come up? Is Denatra out there? Are you going to be facing a lot of two-mission wind decks or dual headquarters decks? Now, unfortunately, you know, some people don't... They kind of get turned off by the game being about those things, about reading the meta. Well, that's what TUI really is good at. It is about reading the meta. Because there are cards that, if you read the meta right, shut things down. Is relativity really big right now? Well, you're going to want to bring maybe... Uh, what's uh, going to shut down relativity. Uh, any sort of skill tracking dilemma pile is good because their skills are, um, they're missing certain skills and that sort of thing. And so, um, and you think about, you know, I, if some other deck is really popular, the Cruise deck, I guess you could bring uh, Holding Cell or something like that. There are, or dealing with the Countman and that sort of thing. Now, of course, your opponent might have answers to those things, and then you need answers to those things. And so there is that, too, but then you don't want too big of a deck. 
So there's a lot of complexity to this game. Depth and complexity, again. And it's about the interaction. It's If you play against a fishbowl and just, you know, skills and uh, having the right ships and the right staffing, that's only one component of the deck. It is very much second edition. You really do have to consider what your opponent's bringing to the table. Because if you don't, you will lose games, obviously. Uh, and you're not going to win tournaments. So, uh, I You may have the fastest solver on the planet, but there's still going to be holes in it. So you've got to come prepared. You've got to consider, do you need event destruction? Um, one thing I always you know think about is uh, what... What interactive thing can I add to this deck that will affect the most players in my area? Uh, are event-heavy decks popular? Well, then I need to bring event destruction. Are, I guess, I mean, almost universally, you can rely on your opponent bringing some events in their deck, and you can bring an answer to that. So do you bring a deck that's really good at it or do you just splash it into some deck that where you're trying to do something else? I, I've heard, you know, multiple times that the hallmark of a good deck is a deck that can combine its dilemma pile and its deck, its actual deck, together. And if they have some synergy, then you're going to be off to the races. Now, a good example of this is the Prometheus deck that I mentioned earlier, but there's other ways to go about this. But it's all about interacting with your opponent and considering what what are the majority of your opponents going to be bringing and what answers can you bring to that that won't affect me from solving missions and scoring 100 points. And therein lies the, the base tension of the game, the, the unsolvable equation of what's best to bring, the hemming and the hawing of do I bring two grav-plating traps or three, or do I bring a hand weapon because I'm worried about hitting Rogueborg Ambush. Uh, with with Batleth gone now, you don't just throw in a zero-cost Batleth and say, ah, oh, well, ha, sucks to be you. You gotta, Am I going to bring a Federation Compression Rifle, or am I actually going to bring a Bajoran Phaser, or whatever, you know? So you start to think about these things, and then you're like, well, I don't want to bring a 100-card deck. I want to be able to draw the things I need. So you start to weed things. Am I really going to be facing this? Do I really need to worry about this? Can I put an oh nothing happen in instead to take care of that rogue war ambush? Or can I somehow get intelligence into this deck in a reasonable manner? So you have to, all of these things. Now, some decks, you know, it makes sense that you would bring, you know, if there's a lot of intelligence in a certain affiliation, then yeah, you don't, you're not going to bring that hand weapon, obviously. But in decks without intelligence, well, what do you do? You know, you have to start thinking about how are you going to bridge that gap? Uh, relativity comes to mind, obviously. But, I mean, there you go. These un, these are not easy answers. These are not things even pro players... I mean, pro players, of course, have their formulas, and they go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am going to not bring this, or I'm going to bring this, and I'm not worried about this, and I'm worried about this. But uh, there's a great blog article in blogs from about three years ago, and I'm blanking on who did it, but it is uh, a questionnaire that was sent out to uh, several of the best players in the world, including Chris Clark um, and a few others, and I can't remember who they are, and their answers are invaluable. They say, you know, the question was posed to them, one of them was, how, 
if, if you've brought a deck to Worlds and you're about to start your first game, how are you feeling? And all of them said, I'm feeling good, obviously, because I brought the deck. I mean, I, if you're going to a tournament and you're like, I don't know about this deck, well, what are you doing? Why'd you bring the deck? You know, that sort of thing. So it's worth considering these things, um, especially in your meta. You, gotta, you do have to consider the meta. And uh, I hear players complaining, oh, relativity is so good, you know? Well, do something about it then. Uh, if you don't bring a deck that can affect relativity in some way, you know, shut down those temporal transporters or holding cell that data or something, then stop your whining. <laughs> I had no offense to, you know, those players doing it, but that is the dichotomy. It's not oh, that's cheap, and you're lame for bringing it, it's, well, now i got to bring a response to it, you know, or that. And, and some people don't like that, right? You know, do you want, the question is, do you want to play a game where you have to constantly consider what kind of deck to bring because of the other decks other players are bringing? If the answer to that is you want a game like that, then two is your game. If the answer is you don't want a game like that, I'm not going to say first edition is the right thing to do. Maybe triples is the right answer for you. But even then, Tribbles is full of meta choices as well. Uh, are there going to be a lot of poison decks? Uh, maybe you want to bring a tally deck and score and cash in on that. Or uh, are there a lot of utilized decks? Uh, if so, uh, bring a freeze deck to shut that down. So, uh, you know, and all of that is uh, worth consideration. And of course, discard and toxin, right? So interaction is, is all around us, even if it isn't straight-up interaction. It's a, it, it, there is interaction. These games may not be chess, where you got to kill my queen, but if we wanted to play chess, we'd be playing chess, right? Even first edition, there wasn't this notion of I put out five creatures and you put out five creatures, and then I tap them and... Uh, if, if you have less creatures, I'm going to drain your life more. No, no, no. This is about points and solving missions. So <clears throat> the interaction is different, but it is there, and it's interesting. So these games are really good examples, I think, first edition, second edition, and triples of interaction that doesn't involve direct interaction. It's interaction on a higher plane. It's considering it from a different angle. It's meta, it's it's deck building and then you kind of just run the deck, if you want a deck where you want a game where you really don't have to do too much thinking during the gameplay, well that's what you know, Tribbles and who, a very minute extent second edition uh, shine I feel, I always feel brain dead after both first and second edition though uh, you know, you gotta figure out your two teams you got to think about who's going and who's staying. Am I going to bluff? Uh, and was my opponent going to think I'm bluffing? Were they paying attention? Uh, and and these are, you know, even bluffing is important in second edition, right? You just kind of think about, oh, I'm missing this one skill. Do you think my opponent's going to notice? Are they going to cash in anyway and start, you know, they'll send in, um, like, whispers in the dark and just kill three guys anyway. Um because if you're bluffing and you throw dilemmas, it's not about stopping you. You know, regardless of what happens, you're going to be stopped. It's about killing. It's about punishing you for bluffing. 
you know, it was lack of preparation, right? But uh, I haven't seen that plate in a long time. So uh, you don't you don't just straight up say, oh, you're bluffing. Well, nothing's happening. You know, you're not going to throw nothing unless, unless of course you can't kill them or anything, and you just can say, I throw nothing, and you don't get that card under, and you might as well have not attempted. You're attempting because you want dilemmas to get under, right? So this interaction of dilemmas and 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 even the events and the interrupts, it's it's an interesting game. You can't discount the game straight up because it's not chess because it's not magic it's it's its own game and it's fun you get to play with star trek characters so i i like i like all three games the interaction is fun and interesting and it is mentally taxing and that's the reward in and of itself i think all right let's end it here questions comments or concerns you can be called 267 call cpj Draw me a voicemail there, or you can email me at corbinjohnson at me.com, or you can drop me a PM at CorbinQ27 on the message boards. Until next time, this is Corbin Johnson signing off, saying so long and thanks for all the trek.